2: Should be the next AEW World Champion? Should it be Jonathan Moxley or Bryant Danielson? I am Luca in DAD. This is Tempest, your Jam That Champion. And this is the AEW Podcast Review here on the WrestleTalk Podcast Channel. Please do press the thumbs up button, press subscribe, get in your Omega Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five... US dollar level, none of your Canadian dollars, Tempest. Can't have any of those. No, you, you left them all at home because they are useless. They are. Even it's though. Very depressing, in fact. Know, the British pound is at an all time low. Oh, but anyway, um, <laughs> picked a great time. <laughs> you really did. It was a great time to come to this country. Quilty anyway. Guys. But while you're in the process of clicking links, uh, why not click the link to Beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Get yourself not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight free craft beers on us. All you've got to do is go to the link in the video description down below and pay for that sweet ass postage and packaging. You'll get eight delicious craft beers with a snack, with a magazine, delivered straight to your front door. And it's just got to pay the postage and packaging, and then you get to enjoy the beers. What a deal it is a great deal isn't it it sure is not enough people take us up on this deal either so please do click that link in the video description down below because it is an excellent excellent deal and beer 52 are an excellent excellent service because we've had like you know because beer 52 sponsors for years we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people sign up to beer 52 through wrestle talk and every single one of them has been like that's yeah, a great service it's really, really great. So if you are in the UK, please do click that link because we would it really it's not in sports. It massively supports us here at Talk Podcast as well. Um, and also, we are currently in a feud at the moment, Tempest. Mm. Um, we're in the Thursday afternoon wars, I guess, mm-hmm. because no roles barred are also streaming at the moment <laughs> with their 100k celebration uh, over at drafts board game cafe in London. No congratulations indeed to no rosbard they're having a wonderful time over there we weren't invited obviously but i don't want to play their smelly board games with their stupid faces anyway because they're all awful and, and, I, and I think board games are, are dumb and i would much rather sit here and talk about dynamite Denise Salcedo just walked in. You <laughs> <laughs> want, want to play Monopoly? No, Candyland. They're having a wonderful time over there and doing a wonderful stream uh, for charity as well. But they have currently got two thousand people watching their stream, and we have got five hundred. So um, we are currently massively losing. It's okay. That, they had that's... a big old head start on us. <laughs> they did. They're streaming, by the way, for the next like few hours. They've got like another uh seven hours left of the stream something like that yeah man alive i whole seven hours left though so congratulations uh to no rolls bard please uh moderators will be spamming the link in the video in the chat as well so go over and watch them play some fantastic board games i'm so so super jealous of
1: them yeah we have to be here doing work we and we are tempest we sure are
2: if you've been watching the rest talk news you'll have seen me and tempest on it a lot this week and mm-hmm. it's because ollie is off for the week and pete has been unwell and andy has been unwell as well so me and tempest have been running this ship on our own and the rest of the office is playing board games all week yeah because laurie and adam and sullivan and terry have been at drafts monday tuesday and then laurie was doing some other stuff yesterday and adam and sullivan were at drafts yesterday getting set for those live streams so it's literally been me you rosie and our two new editors in the office yep it's been a quiet week sure has because you and i had just heads down constantly working and work for about four people at the moment but anyway we had a fun time watching dynamite though yeah, i thought yeah. this was a very very fun show because this had uh, opened and closed with the two biggest things in aew right now which is the world championship Tournament of champions tournament to crown a new champion tournament tournament so you had jonathan moxley versus sammy guevara in the opener and danielson versus jericho two in the main event the opener was moxley versus guevara i thought this was a good match um obviously it's the opener you want to put on a really good show but save a mm. lot of stuff for the main event which is what they did here i enjoyed sammy's like more vicious side that he was trying like because sammy is you know he's sammy mm-hmm. he sure is and he's, he? he's got this character now which is like i'm a dickhead. And so like, you know, and that's grand and everything, but this is a tournament for a title. And we saw this in the Derby Allen match that he had on Rampage. But here he was like, No, I'm not here to mess around. I'm here to beat John Moxley and establish myself as a true pillar of AEW. And I thought he a really, really good performance in this.
1: Yeah, I thought that Sammy Guevara's performances of late, I think, have been tainted a little bit just by the excessive amount of outside interference that we've been seeing in his matches. And I think that is kind of a problem that I've been having with AEW overall as of late more than anything else. But thankfully, I can I can deal with outside interference if the babyface then just overcomes that and wins, which is what we got in this match. So Really, it played into everything and led to the baby face still looking good.
2: I have no complaints here. Uh, I really liked the, the the finish of this, which was Anna J and Ty Mello ran out with Anna causing the distraction, and then Mello got into the ring to do a nut shot, but she just looked like she kicked him in the bum. Sure did. Like, she managed to somehow whiff a nut shot, which I didn't think was actually possible. You know, it
1: takes a special level of talent to miss those grapefruits hanging there from John Moxley. And she managed it. She just kicked him
2: right in the butthole. And like I mean, I'm sure that would also sting. It would also suck. You'd probably get disqualified, maybe. I think yeah, it would probably sting just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Probably not as much as being kicked square in the nutsack. I was once, this is a fun story for you all, got kicked in the nutsack by a friend Mm -hmm. so hard that it bruised. Yeah, I've been there. Bruised my actual balls. Yeah. It sucked for like a full week. Mm-hmm. Awful. I wasn't friends with the guy that did it to me. <laughs> no. Oh, I was friends with my like, the guy who did it. Because I had another friend stand behind me and put my arms up and sort of put me into a full Nelson position. And I was like, kick me in the dick as hard as you can. Why? And, and, and you he, jackass and, generation. Yeah, well, that's what we were. Yeah. And we thought it would be real funny. And it was. And we got, like, we had the video footage and we would replay that son of a bitch at like every house party we ever went to, It's like, if you seen the video of Luke getting kicked in the dick, and then we would put it on and be like, oh my god, you were <laughs> kicked so hard! I know, it was funny,
1: right? I wish my story was as fun as that. I, I, I was- it was a guy I didn't tolerate very much, but like, we kind of ran at the same circle, and he got like, upset at lunch and stormed out, and after school I was just like, hey man, you alright? And just kicked me in the nuts. <laughs> Crikey. Never been a fan of that guy. Nope. Screw him.
2: Welcome. Not even giving his name the time of day. Well, my, my friend was called Graham, and he uh, was one here of I my best cram. friends in the world, so thank you, Graham. Um, crowd reacted big to the near fall.
1: Yes, before we get away from uh, the John
2: Moxley-Sammy Guevara thing, I think I've come to,
1: uh, I've done a little bit of detective work here, because there were some interesting bits last week about how many times AEW considers John Moxley to have won the AEW World Championship. I think I've gotten to the bottom of this. I don't think he's a three-time AEW World Champion. I think Excalibur misspoke, because I watched that episode of Dynamite recently, and he does say three-time AEW World Champion, but on all the graphics, it just says three-time World Champion. So I'm pretty sure AEW, and they didn't say this on this week's episode, so I think they corrected this. I think they're counting the two times he's been AEW World Champion. And the time he was WWE champion. Similarly to how Brian Danielson is like a six or seven time world champion with Ring of Honor, WWE, and maybe soon AEW. I don't know. But then Jericho is also a multiple time world champion, counting his WWE reigns and his AEW reign. I think that makes more sense. And I think I would like to take credit for a piece of detective work. Well, we
2: figured that out on last week's Dynamite podcast. Well, I've also done it. <laughs> like, I wasn't there. We, like, where were you seven days ago? Because we sat here and we had some people chatting and be like, I think that's the case. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. It didn't help that me and Ollie forgot that he was WWE champion. Yeah. Um, And then once I remember that, I was like, oh yeah, that sort of makes sense now. Well, there you go. Late to the party as per usual. I'm using Internet Explorer over here. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Bing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this was a, a fun match. My favorite thing about this though, little tiny detail i really liked in this match was moxley using the seatbelt pin mm-hmm. and the reason why i like this and they put this over on commentary he learned that from wheeler Utah, yep. which wheeler Utah had learned from chuck when they were it was part of the best friends faction yep. and that is that shows then that the blackpool combat club are working together they're training together in their little like dojo thing and wheeler Utah's like Here's something that I can pass on to you, John Moxley, just as you have passed on things to me. I think that is just like a little tiny thing, really like builds a whole world for the Blackpool Combat Club as a faction.
1: I totally agree. I mean, I think we have kind of lost uh, some of that Blackpool Combat Club faction feeling, maybe just because we haven't been getting the same sort of... Uh, like that, that one really great vignette that they put in like a road to that then they, they then aired on Dynamite with mm-hmm. William Regal just saying like, uh, if, you, if you asked a man to hurt you, you'd probably stab you, but we would cut you down the cheek because you'd look at the scar and you'd always remember. And all of that is, is layered over top of them beating down on Wheeler Yuta and training him and that sort of thing I thought was like the greatest vignette I'd ever seen at that point. I think we've kind of lost some of that faction feeling because we haven't gotten as many of those lately, but I like little touches like that because it does remind you, like, yeah, they are all training together. They are all teaching each other, and it really does just kind of make them feel more like a faction. So more stuff like that, please.
2: Yeah, I I think what I like about Blackpool Combat Club is that... Because Ollie said this before, like, he doesn't know when we're having them in tag matches or six-man tags. I like, kind of, like, they're not a faction. They're a dojo. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they do not always have to be out with each other, but they all have each other's back. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember mean, when Claudio came out with uh, to, like, celebrate with Moxie when Punk came back, and they did that little, like, chest bump thing to be, loved like, it. loved it. It, it was, was the just, hardest all, thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, man, they went so hard on it. I love that. But, like, they're a dojo more than a traditional faction like the mm. you know stokely's lads that we get later on they're not like that they're just all under the tutelage they're under the learning tree mm-hmm. of, of mr regal but moxley won here he hit the death rider out of the gth reversal for the win good opener not as good however as this main event uh-huh. between chris jericho and brian danielson and this match was
1: Awesome. Brian Danielson is one of the best sellers in the world. Dang, Every so time good. we come on one of these, we find like a new thing to zero in on. It's like, well, Brian Danielson's actually the best at doing that as well.
2: Because he does, and I, I think we're all thinking about the same spot. Yep. There was a spot in this match towards the end when Jericho suplexed Danielson to the outside. And Danielson just sort of flips over and he lands on his ankle and he sort of rolls it and he falls to the floor and he clutches it. And they had Doc Sampson run over. They had the referee checking on him. Jericho looked a little bit concerned. And the commentators were doing a great job of selling this. But Danielson selling made me go oh man, this company cannot catch a break. Like They just cannot catch a break at the moment. I don't think you can even right at this moment
1: do like an injury angle in a match because fans are just like, no, not another
2: one. Guys, we're just getting back on track. Let's not mess this up again.
1: But yes, his selling was so good that it does make you believe that it's
2: real. He And he makes me believe. And then the second like Jericho starts targeting and he's like wrapping it around the post and doing the figure front of the post, you're like, Few, it's a word. Yeah. But you remember, like it was a few weeks back when he did that top rope drop kick and then just laid there flat. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, not Brian, not uh, now, Not again, <laughs> not again." <laughs> He's so good at it, and I hate him for it because it's like I don't want to worry for you, Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> Let me enjoy your matches. But that's also part of his. That's brilliance. part of the match. It's part yeah. of the match. But yeah, and it gives him a handicap going into next week's match as well because how how fit is he going to be going in there which is also quite nicely because the last time moxley went into the ring with someone whose ankle was not great he beat them in under two minutes mm-hmm. so like there's some really interesting like narrative at play there's some nice mirroring there but this match overall outside of that one spot was just awesome like I really enjoyed the match they had it all out but mm-hmm. you had a little bit of fatigue because it was just such a long show. Yep. Um that I I think I enjoyed this match more. I agree because I felt like there was more time even though it had the ad breaks in there it still had its time to breathe.
1: Yeah. It still had its time to breathe and I don't know what it was maybe it was just because of the story that was told but I thought this match almost accentuated the positives of both of these guys more. Yeah. You know like I didn't watch this and see like well here's Jericho trying to be Lionheart Chris Jericho that he is for yeah. the 90s and wrestling a style that maybe he's a little old for. He can still be good at it, but if he just goes out there and tries to be the Chris Jericho that goes and wrestles his style currently, I think he's better at that at this stage in his career. And that's what the mat—that's the match that they had. And you got to have Brian just selling and being amazing at that and fighting from underneath because he's a perfect underdog. And then you have Jericho being a dickhead heel and trying to target that with like... A single-leg crowd with the, the forearm underneath the ankle joint and- Shout out to Lance Storm. So great. So great. This is the kind of match that I could see these two guys have like every week and not get tired of it.
2: It was really, really great. And I, I think actually as well, like outside of just the match itself is kind of what it stands for in AEW as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because the reports have come out since All Out is that the three men that have really stood up to be like we're the locker room leaders. Uh, moxley danielson and jericho yeah so it's kind of nice that they were like you know the, they felt like the real three big stars of this you're right
1: yeah i just I, I i've been thinking about tweets that i've seen about that topic since then where it's just like where they had their little locker room meeting, the three of them take kind of taking over as as locker room leaders. And I saw one tweet where it's like Brian Danielson just got up in front, it's like, Hey, stop
2: leaking things to the sheets and you've not heard a peep out of that locker room since. <laughs> But they they've really sort of and i think that this is as the main event of dynamite these two guys went out there to kind of like not just send a message to us fans and us mm. viewers at home but also the boys and girls in the back to be like we're moving this company forward yeah. we've had a rough we've had a rough i'll go of it for the last fortnight because there's been nothing but news coming out following on from what happened at all out but also like i think that AEW has lost a certain spark since revolution and I think there are a bunch, there's a core group of guys and girls in this company that are like, nope, that is it. I'm drawing a line and we are moving forward. And this is the direction we are heading. And I loved that main event. For, I love this main event for that reason. kind of like it, it sort of stood for more than just being a great in-ring match. I do agree. I think this match and this show as a whole, especially
1: with the guys that you mentioned, Moxley, Jericho, and Danielson, you felt a level of stability watching them. Yeah. You know, there's a level of stability and consistency where you don't need to worry about whatever else is going on. You can just turn your brain off and watch what you're watching. And I do like that. I do appreciate these guys for doing
2: that. 100%. And I
1: hope that it continues on this way and that we can just kind of get this train back
2: on the tracks. The other spot I absolutely loved in this was the Codebreaker. Mm-hmm. So, like Danielson, this is after, like, you know, he'd been hurt and everything. He hit the code break and he sort of falls backwards against the ropes and then just springboards out, like, just springs out of it and hits the knee plus, and both men go down. It was like oh, an brilliant. awesome no sell spot. And I love it. It's an Ishii yeah. special. I yeah. love it. It's when people say, like, oh, I don't get, like, I hate no selling. It's like, no, no, it is selling. Like just because they did a move straight after, then they go down. It's just like it's that desperation last explosive thing you've got in the tank before you have to go down. Yeah, I love it, it. it. It's not the Leo rush power bomb through the table that everyone
1: points to where it's like, Yeah, he got power bomb through a table and then just stood up. Yeah. And it didn't hurt him and it's because it's fake. You know. This is different. This is a, a storytelling element the added spots, to yeah. this where you get a little burst of adrenaline you use it
2: all right there to hit one more move to level the playing field and then you collapse yeah that's i love they had a really nice story in here as well which is that danielson like outpaced jericho essentially mm. like jericho they didn't get gas like in real life but they were telling the story that he was slowing down in the match where danielson was not feeling those effects and that's part of the blackpool content clubs like training and everything there was a moment in this where like jericho combat was, club too Oh, and and co- Yeah, I mean, we do it obviously in yeah. the on club and in the combat clubs. Well. Naturally. There was a moment when like Jericho was like beating him down, all of a sudden Danielson just starts doing push-ups. Yep. He's like, oh, I'm not faced by this at all. <laughs> and they get into this chopping exchange, and Jericho's have nothing behind them anymore. But Danielson's like, nope, I'm doing the exact same level I was doing at the start of this match. It makes it feel like a sporting
1: contest. Yeah. You know, it's Loved it. just uh, William Regal says this a lot, where even if you don't have a story going into a match, you tell the story through the match. And you can always do that by treating it like a sporting event. And if the story is just, I have more conditioning and stamina than you do, that is a perfectly fine story. There might be other things you can throw in there, but that is like the base level. Like they, these guys did it to perfection.
2: Loved it. I thought it was really, really great. And then afterwards, uh, so the end of the match saw uh, Jericho tried several submissions out the walls of Jericho into the Boston Crab. Then he tried the figure four and Danielson, somehow reverse that into the label lock it was yep. just it was amazing and jericho tapped out it was an incredible and jericho teased for just the right amount of time yeah. of that tap out and everything waited to the right peak for the crowd crowd loved this match moxley came down afterwards they had a stare down it is blackpool combat club versus blackpool combat club next week the the club's gonna have another title belt. Yep, and I mean, which is good because you'd have just lost his. And they're gonna crown a world champion there, and they shake hands. Moment was slightly ruined by a guy in the crowd. Sure was. Won't bring him that lad up too much, but he had real, not my little mermaid vibes about him. Mm-hmm. And I you see his shirt. Uh, yep, I sure did. I also could not unsee that jacket. Yeah, apparently he's at a lot of AEW shows doing this sort of thing. Can't imagine going um, to a show and just
1: hate watching it
2: in the front row. He's just the, and he's got his thumbs down yeah. like during this main event. Yeah, I'm like you f- idiots. Yeah. Like you've just paid loads of money for a front row ticket to act like a total twat. Who's the mark? <laughs> <laughs> not my little. Sure man, got him, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you sure you him. showed him. But anyway, but I thought this was an awesome, awesome moment. The stare down was really, really great. And I'm super stoked for next week. But it brings up the question who walks out next week as the AEW World Champion? See, I'm conflicted now because if the last,
1: I'd say two episodes, obviously, like the tournament was announced last week, whatever, if you had just shown me this tournament on paper. I would say, you know what? This is the time for Brian Danielson to be AEW World Champion. And I still do feel that way. But these last two shows have given me a lot of like, "Mm, but MJF
2: versus Mox for the belt would be great, wouldn't it? You Real, know, like, uh, it's a, I'm actually, MJF had this in his promo, where it's like, I'm not the same guy that feuded yeah. with you over that belt in 2020. Like,
1: if they weren't doing these little promos that they've done the last two weeks, I would say absolutely, Brian Danielson wins the title, John Moxley can go on his little vacation that he is desperately owed at this point. But I don't know, I don't. maybe you can convince Moxley to stick around or at least set up a match and come back for full gear, do a match there. Because there's nothing saying that MJF needs to use his title shot at full gear or before then. Maybe MJF just cashes in, because apparently he can do that whenever he wants to. That's what he said last week. If he can just cash in this chip, maybe he walks out of Grand Slam with the belt. Maybe Brian wins it with his bum ankle and then MJF comes out and he steals the title away. And then maybe you can do MJF and Mox at the pay-per-view. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that you can go here. But I think MJF's involvement in this storyline is really making me unsure about which way it's going to go.
2: I mean, I said this on last week's show, but I think MJF's walking out Grand Slam as the champion. Mm -hmm. And there's been like part of me that's just like, yeah, you know, like Danielson winning kind of, Is the best sympathetic person for to have that title range snatched away from him right at the end because like we've all had that sympathy with danielson for like years on years on years it's a very different danielson though so it's not quite the same yeah like you it's not the same wrestlemania 30 danielson
1: right it's not the yes movement getting pedigreed by triple h and cashed in on by randy
2: orton exactly it's not the same guy yeah but I, i think he has got enough sway with the crowd that he could pull that off particularly if he has got this bum ankle like it kind of his elimination chamber last year right it was last year wasn't it? it was of course it was last year yeah. yeah like he won the elimination chamber and then roman just comes out immediately and he's just like nope and then just yeah. squashes it yeah title match right now yeah you so do like, get to wait uh, on you know but could you do it i mean it depends on what the rules of the chip are Could you do a seth rollins at mania 31 you cash and then it comes a triple threat and then it's like MJF just completely bypasses the tournaments, mm-hmm. just gets himself in there, cashed in halfway through. It's now a triple threat match. I think that's, it turns the chip into a money in the bank, which I don't think you want to do. No. I, think, I think you need to announce that it's, it's a different from a match. Like you can't just cash it in within a match. I think it needs to be afterwards. But I think like if you're going to do that, Danielson's the right person to do. Because I think Moxley, if he just has like another, yeah. like his three-time champion, but like his third reign is a handful of minutes. I think that really does hurt moxley as champion mm-hmm. i think danielson's my pick going into next week's match but i really do feel like mjf is walking out of it walking out of grand slam with the title i wouldn't be surprised at all as opposed to holding on to a full gear yeah even though I and I think they're doing a lot of misdirect with MJS promo because MJS promo is all on Moxley mm-hmm. and I wonder if that is just a bit of misdirect from AEW to make it seem like because I, I said in my interview sort of telegraphs who it is but maybe I'm I'm second guessing myself now. Mm-hmm. maybe it's just being it's being done on purpose and just that level
1: of second guessing now has me more intrigued about the match in general mm-hmm. so if that was their goal I have to call that a success yeah absolutely
2: Uh, but what do you guys think? Let us know in the Ultra Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get yours in. Uh, like a quick check on the Wednesday, the Thursday Afternoon Wars. We're currently at 1300. Uh, they are at 1800. We are crawling Ooh. in. Oh. Closing the gap. We are closing the gap. We are the, the NXT oh. in this one. Oh, dear. But is it, at least it's black and gold NXT. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're back, everyone. Everybody likes this again. Uh, apart from Grayson <laughs> Waller.
1: Yeah, you know, I got really upset at that tweet, and then I looked at who tweeted and I was like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the man with terrible gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it real makes sense for him to be the one that hates black and gold. And it only totally makes sense. I, I actually thought it was a genius bit of tweeting. Oh, absolutely. I Loved just thought it, it was some, some geek. It was just some <laughs> idiot online <laughs> wearing a United States of America jacket. <sighs> Loser, uh, Charles Berg said, "My vote is for Danielson because he's uh, more sympathetic baby face for MJF to beat." In more important news, though, after four long months with no days off, I'll be taking two weeks off starting this Saturday, and yes, I do deserve it. Vacation, Charles debuts this Saturday. Woo, you do deserve it, Charles. Well done, you. Laxim Ham Narasimham B says, "This would be a heck of a match." Either way, William Regal slaps and stretches the heck out of who loses. Also, imagine if Luke and Tempest finished this, bolt to drafts. Not exactly a Rick Rude moment, but it's close enough. That
1: would actually be very funny we're actually on the stream right now oh, that would be a rick rude moment
2: i, I, I i'll just quickly double check but i don't think we're on the no rolls bard stream would you be able to shave before going on i don't i don't think i would want to because i think i would i just will look weird if i shave my beard off at this point yeah same yeah uh right here hey oh Brian Danielson should win the AEW Championship. That's the narrative of Brian beating people he has yet to beat in AEW and also gives this new match. It's true, we didn't mention that earlier. They made a very big point of this. Danielson has never beaten Jericho in his wrestling career. Mm-hmm. Nice little elements to this match. Yeah, I like that a lot. Danielson versus MJF um, uh, is the one. Mox can't be another transitional champion after the interim champion situation. Mm-hmm. That I agree with.
1: Yeah, it's... it's uh yeah it, it's weird i do i do agree with the distinction that that brian danielson should should probably walk away yeah. with this i think having the title on somebody new and not just going back to like i don't want john moxley to come across as like well this is the break glass in case of cm punk emergency he's
2: he's all reliable yeah. yeah. yeah 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 i don't think you want to paint him with that brush no I've uh, Just double-checked, uh, the neurals stream is in an intermission, which is probably why their numbers have dipped. So, uh,
1: no, d- don't don't give them any credit. <laughs> we're, we're catching up.
2: We're catching up. Matthew Schmidten said, I've seen Danielson do enough AEW jobs to last a lifetime, but the way they're booking MJF mock seems to spoil the tournament final. Are they making a tournament file between two huge stars too predictable with that MJF angle? Well, that's the key to it, man. I don't know if it's misdirect, And mm-hmm. AEW have done that a lot over the years, right? They zig when I think they're going to zag. Yep. So I think there's every chance that it's not as predictable as we think. Look at us. We're not able to predict it. Nope. Uh, Salvation awaits. I would really love to see MJ of him set himself into the match with Danielson and Mox, then go in confidently and cleanly wins. Thoughts? I think, like because you need to position mjf as the heel here yeah you need to make him the baddie so putting him into a match with danielson and mox that he then just wins clean is too much of a babyface thing to do Mm -hmm. like because that's overcoming a hell of a man of odds that's going up against two guys from the same dojo like i think this needs to be a cheap way of him getting the belt yeah
1: i I don't want to see mjf win his first world championship clean you can have him like win the match without interference or a nut shot or whatever but He's MJF. It should be in some way underhanded. Uh, someone who
2: said I would look like a poor man's Christopher Daniels if I shaved off my beard. Man, he's a handsome dude. I wouldn't. I, like I, I, I really Daniels. wouldn't mind looking like Christopher Daniels. In all fairness, yeah, just get a little little
1: cross thingy tattoo exactly
2: yeah Fallen Angel Luke yeah. Owen that's a new gimmick for me <laughs> uh, thank you to this episode sponsor beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk hey you are you watching this and you're from the United Kingdom well first off congratulations to you but second of all do you like beer because if you do beer52.com forward slash talk will get you eight eight delicious craft beers sent directly to your front door for just that price of postage and packaging which if you go to a supermarket and try and buy yourself eight craft beers, it's more than the post and package. I'll tell you that for free. None of that, you get an awesome magazine, Ferment, which has won awards and delicious snacks in there as well. I've been a Beer52 subscriber for like 10 years now. And I love, 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 love it. This is a sponsor that we were approached through a third party and said like, this, we've got this company on board. Would you like to? And I was like, Yes, I would because I use this service and I love them. Mm. And through that, we have built a relationship with Beer 52 where, like, I just send them messages now. And it's cool <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm like a fan of theirs. So, like, and they came to MediaCon. I was like, oh my God, you guys are Beer 52. I love you guys. And they were going to come to Clash of the Castle, uh, the party we had, but we couldn't work it out in the end. So, like, I, I love them as a company. They really love us. They support Wrestle Talk Podcast a hell of a lot. So, please do go and show them some love and get yourself some free beers off the back of it. Alright, should we get into the rest of this show, Yes, Tembus? let's. Because we had the Moxley-Guevara match, then we had that MJF pro.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: MJF came out and said that he hasn't slept since Moxley said those things about him last week. But this isn't the same MJF from 2020, I'm not a character not like you moxley it's about how he read moxley's book and how he had a tough childhood because his bike got stolen try getting kicked in the knob by your friends yeah and then watching it back at parties and stuff <laughs> that's real tough and that's a real tough childhood and um he then uh, he's like you put on this tough guy persona just to mask your insecurities it was like a really really wonderful like character assassination of the moxley tough guy thing and he talked about how Moxley buried himself in alcohol addiction. He's like, you know, hey, you got over it. That's fine. But say addictions, I'm demon, but I'm a bigger demon like the D de- I'm the biggest demon here. It's like I'm MJF and I'm worse than alcohol addiction. It's <laughs> a hell of a line.
1: It is, you know, there's not a whole lot of people in wrestling that could probably get away with a line like that, but
2: MJF is one of them. He sure is. I-, I thought this was an awesome, awesome promo. I said in my raw review that uh, for me, the two best promos in the industry right now is between Moxley and Kevin Owens. And I can't quite draw a line between the two of them. I really should have MJF in that conversation as well. But I, I think MJF on a different level to like it's a different style of Mm. promo to i think owens and moxie are in that same ballpark of like true passion whereas mjf is like pure wrestling promo he is
1: very old school with his promos it is a different vibe entirely and i mean it's funny because you you can list off these names like i think he's the best promo and then all of a sudden eddie kingston talks again it's like well no (laughs) it might be him yeah it's probably him him. but yeah it's different and to me i think one of the things that aew was really missing throughout the summer was just mjf's constant consistently classic promos Mm -hmm. he just adds so much to the show that nobody else can do. And I know a lot of people looked at like Christian Cage's promos early and they were also great. I love those promos too, but they weren't the same. They're not the same kind of old school promos that this is. I think it adds so much to the variety of AEW Dynamite. And I mean, this promo was fantastic.
2: So cool, and he brought out Stokely's group, who are called the Firm. Mm. I thought at first he said they were called the Verb. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if that's just—it's like a—he a, loves WCW, and it's like a dig at Kevin Nash. i was just <laughs> gonna say that you're
1: <laughs> my <laughs> favorite person to do these shows with. No one else would get that reference again. <laughs> okay, like call himself the
2: adjective, but. Like... <laughs> No, they're called The Firm, not The Verb, or The Verb for that matter, Bittersweet Symphony. No, this was The Firm. And I, okay, I, I think you and I kind of talked briefly about like our thoughts on this, and you said there wasn't things you loved in the show. I don't know if this was one of the things that you weren't massively keen on, but I I like this, and I like it for a, a reason that, I'll we'll I'll, maybe we'll get into, but Stokely was here just to introduce his group of lads. Now we know most of the groups are lads that are like the lads that are in the group. You know he's introduced W Morrissey and his incredibly hard nipples. Mm-hmm. He introduced uh, Lee Moriarty, the Ass Boys, and um, Ethan Page, but crucially he gave each one of them a goal. Now, this is Lee Moriarty. He wants to win the Pure Championship. So the Ass Boys, they want to win the Tag Titles. This is Ethan Page. He wants to win the All Atlantic Championship. Now off the bat, all very lower level titles with the exception of the Tag Belts. And Morrissey is just there to have hard nipples, I guess. Yeah, and. So there's a lot of it's like, man, this really does set you up as you are a lower card group. But I also don't mind that. Mm
1: -hmm. Well... Keep in mind also that MJF is like supposedly in some form part of this group, and he will be going for the world championship. So he's the one with the goal that's not so much on the lower level.
2: But didn't he say, because he said, I'm not a manager, I'm a friend. Yeah. But did he have a line where he said, once MJF is champ, this group isn't going to be together anymore? Like, we're all together just to make sure that MJF becomes champion.
1: I think this isn't
2: going to be a
1: group. I think this is going to be like the Heenan family, where they are all just sharing the same... Not manager, where they will all be in their own separate segments, but those segments will all have Stokely. But I don't think this group is going to interact as a
2: group unless they're helping MJF. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting little idea. The the thing I I do like about this, and I and I did like about this segment is that one of the biggest criticisms I've had against AEW over the years is that because it's a it's a faction-heavy company, mm-hmm. which I, I like. I, I, it's the, I One of the things I like about New Japan, everyone is in a faction, everyone is in a group, everyone is kind of connected, and it makes doing storylines and matches a lot easier because you don't have a lot of repetition because there's right. lots of different factions you can put in there. They need more of them in the women's division. Um, But what I... My criticism I've had against factions in AEW is they don't get given TV time. Right. Like, a Hardy Family Office was just a bunch of lads Mm -hmm. and they would get some backstage segments but you didn't really like get what they were andrade's faction with Rouge is just like i don't really know what they're because they never get promo time Mm -hmm. so i don't really know what their faction is all about they just come out wearing suits and masks Mm -hmm. and i guess that's their shtick but this is a group that was given TV time, in-ring TV time, to be like, this is who we are, these are who these guys are, here is what our goals are, and now you all know that. So credit to AEW, I don't think it's a a brilliant group, I'm not like hugely into the group or anything, but at least like I know what the group wants. Yes,
1: I, uh, I think I agree with like pretty much everything you just said. I think the positives of this are they finally got a microphone in Stokely Hathaway's hand, and gave him TV time to just talk. Yeah, I have been absolutely flabbergasted at how long it's taken for this to just be a thing. Yep, I don't know how we hadn't gotten this with Stokely and Jade Cargill before this point, and at least you know on a more consistent basis. And I do like that they've given everybody goals because for so long, like a lot of the AEW roster at the moment feels a little d- directionless. Like there's a bunch of them that are just kind of floating around in the mid middle there, and you don't really know what any of them are are looking for. They're looking to accomplish. So I do like that. My problem with the group is that I don't really want to see almost any of them succeed at their goals.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you are not an Ass Boys fan. I yeah.
1: don't like the Ass Boys. And you look at I I this I love Lee Moriarty. I want to see Lee Moriarty succeed and get everything he wants in life. And if that means maybe not right away, but if he has a match with, with Daniel Garcia that's amazing and then it leads to a rematch and he wins the title, I think he's a perfect candidate for a Ring of Honor Pure Championship run. That to me works. I don't really want to see any of the other bits though. Oh uh, Ethan Page. I can go. I, I I'm a big ba- Oh,
2: watch him face Pac. I don't want to see him beat Pac. I'm, a, I'm an Ethan Page fan. Like so I, I I want to see Ethan Page get more out of it, because like Ethan Page is a guy that just feels just bounced between factions. And I and I want more for him. Because he gotta mm. talk about a guy who's a hell of a promo. Yeah. WG Morrissey, like I'm I'm a bit sort of hot and cold on. Like yeah, yeah, it's cool that he's there. He's very tall, he's very imposing, but like I feel like he's just gonna be this group's Jake Hager. Yeah, 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 That's actually a really good shout. Like he's he's just big ass. Like that is that is what this lad is. Yeah. And the ass Boys like so we'll talk about the acclaimed a little bit. I think the acclaimed will likely win next week. And this I'd sets up the it. ass Boys as their next contenders, which is a feud we have just done, but we have got the connection with daddy ass Mm -hmm. so and and you know billy ass and the ass boys so it kind of does set them up to be a natural contender to the acclaimed but i think like the ass boys are a team that tony khan just loves i don't see it they are like i'm trying to think what tag team in the attitude era could i compare them to do you know what tna tna's not a bad shout but i think tna like tna at least had trish i would say they're more like head cheese they that's are fair. Al
1: Snow and Steve Blackman. You know, there's maybe only one person in wrestling that I dislike more than this <laughs> team, and
2: it is Al Snow. <laughs> they are like Al Snow and Steve Blackman. In the Attitude Era, if the Attitude Era, like, stopped pushing the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, TNA, the APA and everything, we like, do you know what, actually, Head Cheese is the team we're going to go with. Like, that's going to be our, our real big pick for this year. Yeah. And you sort of look at me like... No, guys, I really think you want to be looking at the Dudleys, and the Hardys, and Edge and Christian.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Don't you? You'd think. You'd think, but but here we are. There's just... It, I don't want to harp on it, like, every single time <laughs> they're on TV, but they're on TV a oh, lot. On, you have to harp on them. They're on TV every week. Every week, and there's just so many people I would rather see getting this amount of TV time than the Ass Boys.
2: They're the happy talk of wrestlers. What a
1: burial, but I
2: don't disagree with it at all. <laughs> it's like, how is it Happy Talk on TV again, again. this week? <laughs> again. Jesus. Well, we've got our running order for SmackDown. Happy Talk's got to go there, because otherwise we can't build a show without it. Oh, <laughs> can't, build a, can't build an episode of Rampage without the ass boys. Oh, boy. Uh, up next, we had Jungle Boy issued an open challenge, or signed an open contract, and that ended up being Jay Lethal. Yeah, this was fine, but the crowd didn't really get into this. See, I had this, I think, is a big part of why I've kind of been down on AEW programming in general. Sorry. Yes. I just want to, just going to stop there because someone is saying that a better example of this is the Mean Street Posse, and I will not have anyone say a bad word about the Mean Street Posse, <laughs> or too cool for that matter. I see you in there.
1: That that was absolutely warranted. Don't you worry? <laughs> I think a big reason for why I've kind of been down on AEW programming through the summer is that I really do not care for the Ass Boys or Jay Lethal's crew. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't dislike Jay Lethal's work. Yeah, but I feel like he's never going to be given a, a championship, and therefore I don't really need to care about his upward trajectory at any
2: point. Just lose all the time.
1: And yeah. just sticking this crew onto somebody totally killed any momentum Samoa Joe had as as Ring of Honor TV champion, totally killed whatever momentum Wardlow had as TNT champion. I just don't think they're that interesting, and I don't think a lot of people are interested in seeing them.
2: Yeah, I... I I like Sanjay Dutt. He is funny. Sanjay Dutt's a really funny on-screen presence, so and I like them from that aspect. And like when they get their comeuppance, which happens a lot, I I I thought it worked really well. I thought it was very effective at All Out Mm -hmm. when Finley came out and she pinned Sanjay Dutt. I thought it was great. I thought it it worked to a massive degree. But like here, I think Jungle Boy's lost a lot of luster since All Out as well. Like the 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 Christian Cage match or the angle, the Christian Cage has done nothing for him. And it, and it feels like it hurt, because the only things the crowd popped for in this match were the finish, the snare trap, and when he teased hitting the Unprettier. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really about it. And I don't know whether that's if people are not his Jungle Boy, or it's a case of people know not to care about anything involving Jay Lethal. I think it might be a mix of both, unfortunately. Of both. just I think Jungle Boy is still
1: one of the better young talent in AEW, just... I think he's had a really rough go of things. I think a lot of people gave Jurassic Express a lot of flack for their championship reign just because they didn't have like a storyline running through it. They were just having great title defenses. And to me, that was perfectly fine. I didn't have a problem with that whatsoever. But since then, he hasn't wrestled often enough to get that heat back on him. And then to couple that with a very decisive loss at All Out, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a rough time to
2: be Jungle Boy, and I hope he gets that back. Uh, we've got a video package for Hook and Action Bronson, who are having a match next week with 2.0. Should be amazing. It should be. I'm really looking forward to that. I yeah. think that's going to be a really fun celeb match. Yeah. I like guess that's, that's the perfect use of 2.0 as well. 100%. Love that for that.
1: Absolutely.
2: And then Alex Marvez tried to interview Luigi Primo, who legit looks like a guy you would sign on my GM mode on 2K22. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Damn, I'm a, I'm a man short this week. Who can I sign for five bucks for five weeks? Uh, Luigi Primo with his spinning pizza and everything. How
1: appropriate that will be for the people that haven't seen the next episode of my GM. In two uh, two weeks time, it will be. Two weeks time episode of my GM.
2: But Ethan Page runs in and boots him down and says, "Like no one takes this place seriously, and that's the problem with AEW." And who should walk up? But Danhausen. Yes, Danhausen. And they set up a match for Rampage. My wife turned to me and said, he goes, Is Danhausen actually a wrestler? <laughs> I said, Yeah, no, he is, he goes, all I ever see was just standing around. I was like, yeah. yeah, pretty much. I really
1: liked how this segment closed out where Ethan Page was just like, I want to be the king of the Atlantic. So what better way to start with that than taking out the jester? And Danhausen goes, Yes, Ethan, good luck with the jester.
2: <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> Love Danhausen, love that Danhausen. Uh, got a video promo for Darby Allen doing a mad stunt. Yeah, yeah, radical Little jackass boy himself. <laughs> and then, speaking of extreme jackasses, Matt Hardy said that he is refocused. And hey, you had an extreme match with with my brother Jeff. And um, what about my dog Jeff? And um, he's gonna get extreme with with her, with Allen or something. They're having a match on Rampage. Yeah, I
1: cool. think. I could be wrong on this, but I believe this is like one of the first mentions of Jeff Hardy at all since that F-
2: Christian Cage promo. Footage of him in everything. Footage, I would not be surprised if he comes back very soon. Yeah, I, I. that's the feeling I got as well from this. My wife even said, was like, isn't he in massive trouble? I was like, no, 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 it's the other one. Yeah, <laughs> It's the guy that's in the video package, but yeah. the guy got in the promo is fine. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs quickly squashed a local lad, and then he cut a promo on, uh, somehow in this, squash match that Hobbs had, busted his lip open. Spine bustered a man so hard, he busted his own lip open. Now, if I could put my tinfoil hat on for a second, if I could put conspiracy brain on for a second here, Tempest, I think he bit into a capsule early. Mm. Because when when he has the brawl with Ricky Starks, and he's leading out, he's like grabbing in his mouth and feeling the blood and everything, and Taz's like, oh no, I think he got busted open in the lip there, Cole. And I wonder if he bit the capsule early... And that's what made him bleed from the mouth. If I could, I, that's just conspiracy tinfoil yep. hat. There's every chance he just busted his mouth open doing a spine buster. It's I, you
1: know, I
2: I didn't put that puzzle together, but I did look at those pieces and think that's strange. So, <laughs> props to you. Uh, but I, I crowd was super into Ricky Starks, so that's good yeah. to see that the the four minute match hasn't hurt him too yeah, much.
1: Yeah, I was really worried about me that, too. But
2: thankfully. If anybody's
1: promos and fire can kind of pull them back from a loss like that, I do think it's Ricky Starks.
2: Ricky Starks as well has done interviews. He, I think he even said this to me in his interview, that he doesn't like really understand any of the rock comparisons that he gets because of the shirts that he wears and all that. At the end of the segment, he looked at the camera and did the people's eyebrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why, Ricky! <laughs> Uh Death Triangle got a promo about momentum because packs are double champs, so the Lucha Bros are also gonna become double champs. In our next match, the Lucha Brothers versus Swerve in Our Glory for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. This match. To quote Sean Ross a humped. How do you say it? A humped. It sure did. Oh, this I love this match. This match was so good. And this I I went on length about this in my editor review, so I won't go on too much here. I love Swerve and Our Glory because mm. you, you said earlier about Jurassic Express, actually. They haven't had a storyline. Right. But like they stole the show at all out. They stole the show again here. They're gonna steal the show next week, which is a tough like, act to do as well, because you've got such amazing like things lined up for next week. But they are a team that, even though they've not had storylines, they haven't had like a big championship storyline for their title reign. They're just having banging matches. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Yeah. And I love them for that. And I also love Keith Lee, as the big guy of the group, isn't afraid to be the one that gets worked over. Yeah. I guess the problem with New Age Outlaw tag matches, or the tag... Amos and AJ Styles. Right. Whereas like, the smaller one has to be the one that's worked over, and then you build to the big guy hot tag. Well, unfortunately, in most of those cases, the big guy kind of sucks. But in this case, it's just like, at least the guy's like, no, I'll be worked over in this match, and then we can build to a Swerve hot tag. Or it's like, well, Swerve we one get worked, we'll build to a Keith Lee hot tag. And it makes their matches fresh and different each time, because they can change up the formats. Yes, And I love them for that. And hot diggity dog, this was such a good match.
1: I think that even despite these guys not having like a real storyline running through their reign, which does disappoint me slightly, because I heard, pray tell, of some of the plans that may have been put into a reign of theirs, I thought would have been awesome, didn't end up happening. But... scoops over here neither here nor there they still have clearly defined characters and i think you can still work in their clearly defined characters into matches like this and essentially just make the stories into the matches themselves i think these guys work perfectly as a team they highlight each other's strengths and really i don't know how many weaknesses either of them really have so that's a problem that's a pretty good starting point But again, you just put them against guys like Lucha Lucha Brothers, and you're you're gonna have
2: good matches, including spot of the year for me, if almost because I can't stop thinking about it. Ray Phoenix did a double springboard Spanish fly off the top rope to swerve Strickland, and as Phoenix landed and he pressed down on Strickland, his brother Pentagon Junior jumped off the back of Phoenix. And hit a Canadian destroyer, a leaping Canadian destroyer on Keith Lee, who did an impeccably perfect backflip into this. Yep. It was mind blowingly great. A proper, like, stop, rewind. I need to see that again. And you're know, like, it's one of those things, if you see it as a gift, you can just watch it on loop. Yep. Oh my, it was so. So cool. I loved it so much. I love getting to see
1: Keith Lee do his cruiserweight nonsense. Yep. Cause every time he does it, it's brilliant. Every single time. I cannot believe that the people are actually booing Keith Lee as if Where? I heard boos in this
2: match. Did you? I did. Is it for I mean for Swerve, I'd imagine, because he's definitely the heel of yes. their team. But I think it's for Lee. I, I, I heard a little bit for Keith no. Lee. No.
1: Not my boy, Keith. I was I was taken aback. I'm taken aback as well. I did not hear them. I, I'm I'm shocked by this crowd. I I will be very surprised. I will be very interested to see what their reaction is going to be going into next week, where I expect yeah. both of them to get big boos. They're going to be the big heels in that match. Watch. Any kind of booze for Keith Lee is is wild to me. Yeah, he's
2: Keith Lee. He's Keith Lee. He's, he's too so affable. lovable. He's too affable. This match ruled, and Lee won with the Big Bang catastrophe. Great, great match it was. I want these kind of tag matches like every other week. Yeah, yeah, same as these actually. And because I, I think the tag division in AEW has lost something since actually kind of all out last year. Like I think the Lucha Brothers run was just we had some good matches. And then dress express won them and it was like we had a handful of good matches and then young bucks won them again it was like eh, and then we just lost them straight to lee and swerve and it's like yeah we've just had a handful like they haven't the tag division hasn't felt the big fiery thing that it once did in aew Mm -hmm. but I, i i know that they can do it and they've got the teams to do it they do and
1: unfortunately i think it has a lot to do with like well top flight is out of commission again and they they were one of the teams that like the young bucks faced when they were having their great run as champions. We don't have Santana and Ortiz to go to as a possible set of contenders. Uh, Muffy and King are right there. They are, of course. I think that there's a lot of teams that they could go to, but they haven't been. That's because they're too busy focusing on the ass boys. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> if, if they if they mix it up a little bit, I think I think they could be fine. But I do agree a little bit more variety in these matches and the frequency of these matches, like have Swerve and Keith face like silver and Reynolds and like, and the main event of rampage and just have them go nuts. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It'd be great.
2: Like, House of Black's perfect for them. Yeah, they both got the little and large aspect of it. Oh my god, can you imagine Swerve and Buddy Matthews just going nuts? And then it builds to Keith Lee and Brody King staring oh. each other down, and then just doing hoss like stuff, I and then doing their cruiserweight stuff that they also do. It'd be rad. I want to see it so bad. Me man. too. And but unfortunately, I think the acclaimed are going to be winning the titles next week. They come out to cut a promo. Max Counter cut off the music. They are doing a real good job to not do this rap, and I wonder if they're building it till next week. That's when the rap comes back.
1: Yeah. And also,
2: everyone is expecting him to make CM Punk references
1: (laughs) It's just like, you better cut off that music, otherwise. Otherwise,
2: you never know what I'm going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. I'll cut it
1: off myself, because I can't even trust myself. He called them Drake and Josh. I thought that was really funny. That's a Nickelodeon uh, show. Okay. Yeah. You I know mean- Drake Bell and Josh Peck?
2: I do not. You don't know either of those two guys? My, they were in movies. My Nickelodeon sort of stops at Keenan and Kel. Mhm. And I and I and even then because I didn't have Sky I'd never had Nickelodeon I just had what was ever was on um, BBC One, so Keenan and Kel is like the end of my Nickelodeon knowledge. Mm-hmm. When I went to Florida for the first time I did the Nickelodeon Studio Tour and a blues <laughs> clue what anyone was talking about. <laughs> kept I, they kept talking about Good Burger and I was like I have no idea what this is. That's a good show because I'd never seen the sketches or anything like that. And then the movie came out, and I I just thought it was a Keenan and Kel. TV show, yeah. but as a movie. Turns out it's from something completely different that they did. I yeah. have no idea.
1: Uh, uh, you would recognize Drake Bell and Josh Peck. Let me have a look. You, you Like, they've been in, in things. They were among the more, I don't know, more famous uh, folk to come out of that that generation. He was in that, that bad superhero parody movie. Okay,
2: What was the other guy called? Josh Peck. Josh Peck. So I didn't recognize
1: this Drake Bell lad. Interesting. I don't think I recognize this guy either. Oh, he was in a movie with like Chris Hemsworth, and he's been in a bunch of things. Let's have a look. Uh, he's
2: this, done a lot of Ice that, Age, yeah. the Angry Birds movie.
1: That that. No uh, Malone. <laughs> the Drake and Josh reference made a lot more sense back when Josh Peck was fat. Oh, he wasn't in an episode of ER. Yeah. Yeah. I, shout, out to, shout out to Josh Peck. I'm never going to make this reference again, but Josh Peck, he, he's a different person between seasons of Drake and Josh. Like a completely different person, so
2: shout out to him. It's kind of in the same way, I didn't, uh, I don't know who, um, Zack and Cody are either. Oh, yeah? yeah. Uh, Dylan and spring They're the kid from uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, well, I don't know who Zach and Cody Like, when they, Zack Ryder went to, um... Oh, yeah, the they, Sweet Life of Zack and, and Cody. Cody yeah, yeah. yeah, they started doing those t-shirts. I am. not clue anything like are. <laughs> if it's not keenan and Kel, i don't know ah, or um was uh, uh, was was um uh, well not sabrina that wasn't nickelodeon but the other one she did clarissa explains all mm. was that
1: nickelodeon i couldn't tell you
2: because i know who she is <laughs> Anywho, uh, Alex Marvez tried to interview the Lucha Brothers, but they left and Pac stopped the interview and then got an orange punch for his trouble to set up Orange Cassidy as another contender to the All-Atlantic Championship. So all of a sudden, this belt's got two different challenges for it. Mm -hmm. Cool, good, grand, because this belt does need something. Otherwise, it's just the European belt. Actually, no, it's not the European belt. It's the light heavyweight championship.
1: You know, it kind of is. It's the uh, slightly smaller than normal main event guy belt. Yeah. But hey, if I get Pack and Orange Cassidy again, I am perfectly happy with that.
2: Me too. Uh, Tony Storm and Athena cut a promo on Britt Baker because Baker took out Hikaru Shida on AEW Dark mm-hmm. to set up Serena Deeb and Britt Baker versus Tony Storm and Athena. My wife, at the start of this, when Serena Deeb came out, she was introduced as the Professor Serena Deeb. And my wife turned to me and said, is she actually a professor? And I was like, no, of course she is. It's just a wrestling Nick thing. And she said, well, she's a real dentist. <laughs> a totally fair observation. And I was like, that's a good point, actually. Like, she yeah. is a dentist, so your your question isn't without merit, but no, it is just a gimmick. <laughs> this, not like the yeah. Professor Dan Layton. No, not like the uh, Professor Dan Layton, no. Um, not a lot of heat for this. I'm going to focus on the positives, although I will then go on to the negatives in just a moment, but I'll focus on the positives. The women's champ on TV again, uh-huh. and she was in a match, and she is in some sort of storyline and sort of feud, and there's characters going on here. That's all good. Because what was well, the great thing about Moxley's reign was they just treated Moxley like he was the actual world champion. And he just yeah. went out there and he had great matches, and he got massively over it, and it made the match with Punk feel so much bigger and better. So we kept talking about, about Moxley's reign. He made that interim champion feel something, so it means something when you go to here. So putting Tony Storm out on TV, giving her mic time, allowing her to be Tony Storm will help her as the women's champion, to then when she has the eventual match with Thunder Rosa, that will mean more. Mm -hmm. And she got pinned here. Which sort of undoes a lot of what I thought good they were doing.
1: Yeah, I think, see, I I haven't been keeping track of like, AEW's women's rankings or, or anything like that. I think a lot of the rankings have kind of overstayed their welcome at this point. Because this would be just your shortcut to like, okay, there's your next title match. The person pinned the champion and what have you. Which is what I thought they were doing when D pinned her. Yeah. But then there's everything else going on. And I'm not...
2: Oh, I, I, I don't mind the hater and Baker stuff. I don't
1: mind it at all. I don't mind the hater and Baker stuff. I think that is not overdue, but I think we're ready for Hater and Baker to have their split or at
2: least some furthering of that storyline for yeah, Jamie Hater to beat Tony Storm and become the champion, and then she can beat Thunder Rosa and just be the actual women's champion of because I, Hater's gonna hate. Yeah, and I don't hate Jamie Hater.
1: I do not hate Jamie Hater. Jamie Hater fantastic. Rules. I was like probably the person most excited when she came back on the first rampage. Yeah, this is just me and you. Yeah. <laughs> be <Everybody's laughs> like, oh, <laughs> finally Jamie Hater's back. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I I probably would have had Tony Storm win a few matches in a row before that, but. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is.
2: So the finish of this came with Rebel distracting the referee and Serena Deep threw Tony Storm into a chair being held by Britt Baker as she rolled her up and pinned her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Serena Deep pinned the women's champion. It's like, okay, cool. That's the match next week. It's Storm versus Deep for the Women's Championship. That'll be a good match. And again, just establishes more for Tony Storm, even though she got pinned here. And then they announced they were on as a four-way with Baker and Athena. And I was like, why, why are they involved? Like, what are they got to do with any of this? Wait, why isn't Jamie Hater involved in this? Because afterwards, Jamie Hater came down, looked like she was going to make the save for Storm and Athena, instead hit Tony Storm with a chair, argued with Britt Baker. I like that because it's not like I'm turning babyface. Right. It's just, I, we have got some beef. We need to settle. Yeah. And I, I'm not just going to like Tony Storm all of a sudden because I don't like Britt Baker. Like, that's inconsistent of a character. So I liked all of this. I just know why it's a four-way. Yeah. I'm glad to see Athena get on the card, but it doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, Athena just
1: kind of got beat by Jade in four minutes. Yeah. I don't really understand and that one. Here. Yeah, she lost here. Not not the tightest amount of booking, but I think this is also the point on the card where I was just like, man, I'm really kind of tired of this outside interference in every match. You know, because to this so, point... a so
2: second one, is it?
1: Uh, there, there were...
2: There was oh i suppose there was Sanjay Duck on the apron yeah, and the there was J like jungle the, boy the match.
1: opener and then the J Lethal match and then this i was like you're overdoing it guys yeah. it's just like and it doesn't help that like every Brit Baker match is that yeah and i just kind of when i see Brit Baker i'm now expecting it and when it happens, I'm just like, well, there you go there you again. Go. There, there it happens. So if we dialed that back, I think it would be it would be beneficial.
2: Uh, and then lastly, we got Mark Sterling cutting a promo to hype Josh Woods versus Samoa Joe, who I think are going to beat the cack out of each other. Should be a fun match. And we've got a hell of a lineup for uh, next week's Dynamite, which is Grand Slam and Rampage as well. Like a really mm-hmm. good card for Rampage this week. So that was the show. I gave it four out of five, and I think that was mostly just for the in-ring stuff. Because yeah. I loved the opener, I loved the tag match, and I loved the main events. And I like the character work that MJF did and some other bits and bobs around it. So it's not like a blowaway show, but it's a good, It's again, it's that foundation show they had last week,
0: mm-hmm. putting the
2: building blocks in place so we can move forward and just try and get this company back on track a little bit. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with them having these sorts of shows because it just makes me excited for shows that come down the line. That's totally fair. Yeah. I, I would probably say this is like a high three, maybe a low four. I, I'll be honest, as I peeling about the curtain, I initially wrote down a three, mm. and then I just thought about that Canadian destroyer spot and I was like, Nope, four.
1: Yeah, that tag match really does elevate it that much yeah. more. It's like the tag match mixed with the main event being great. The opener was fun and you had a good MJF promo in there. I wouldn't have any difficulty hearing someone say this was a four out of five show.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I, th- I thought it was a fun little show. Let's see what you have to think about it. But before we do that, we have got some very special people to give a shout out to. Those are our $25 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers who have had a plethora of content in the month of September. Last week, the Mailbag episode, myself and Adam Blompier answering your questions about wrestling were answered. There's a lot about CM Punk in there for obvious reasons, but we had our favorite title belts and stuff like that. We had a long, hour-long discussion about wrestling and some other stuff as well. And then yesterday... Wrestle Talk Behind the Scenes went live. You, myself, Ollie, and Pete talking about the behind the scenes goings on with the Wrestle Talk and Wrestle Talk podcast, Wrestle News, Wrestle Podcast. It's just a little bit of fun, isn't it? It's just nice for the four of us just to sit down and chat, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't need to talk about like specific wrestling bits, but just like, yeah, this is what is going on in the
2: office. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's just a good time. Yeah. And, also, if you're a fan of the Monday Night War, next week's episode of the Monday Night War is available to watch right now over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk along with a half hour podcast of myself and Pete Quinnell talking about draft day and all the shenanigans that went on there, how the show came together, some behind the scenes machinations of it all going on. Next week in the Patreon feed, it will be Talk After Dark. Which will be a hell of a lot of fun, and then the week after that will be me and Ollie reviewing *Unforgiven* two thousand eight. The Scramble Show. The Scramble Show, where Brian Kendrick is WWE Champion for a hot minute. The Brian Kendrick. My apologies.
1: And it's also the one where uh, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels have an unsanctioned match that the finish is a referee stoppage, and I was in the room when Ollie watched that, and he was
2: not pleased. <laughs> That is awesome. I can't wait to review that with him. But yeah, uh, if you are one of our $25 above Pledge Hammers, you get your name shouted out on these very shows. Like these people, the real Boss Matt Robinson. Yeah. You'll never
1: get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zemajuski. Yeah. Max
2: Kurt Wallander
1: Wallen. Yeah. Michael Jensen Radio.
2: Yeah. Michael Mark for Life Plowman. Yeah. N.J. Hornsberg. Yeah. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate, drop surname. Yeah.
1: The Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yeah.
2: Peter, Fiber, Brontus. Yeah. Probably better than Kyle,
1: Philip O'Reilly.
2: Hell yeah. of a claim. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swaft International, Nation International as their 24-7 champion. It's an outdated reference by this point. Ah, legend. Yeah and reese cook what the rock is smelling yeah sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get your own name if you want to get your name shouted out with a fun little wrestling edition no, oh my god you got it if you want to get your name read out on this show with a fun wrestling twist head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk Let's do the rest of these Omega Chats while I just double-check that I did not shut off the mics. And I didn't. Sounds good. Go me. Puckhead 1994 says, Luigi Primo's AEW debut was amazing. Wise man say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Luigi delivered his lines in 15 seconds or less so. Automatic five stars. Also, shout out to SRS for defending the Cowabunga Collection yesterday now if luigi primo would come on tv and said forgiveness is divine but never pay full price for late pizza this would have been a five out of five show yeah because that's that 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 appeals directly to <laughs> me that that's like that taps right into luke Stephen owen mm-hmm. to be like we wrote this for you <laughs> and i'm like thanks tony <laughs> five out of five
1: you know Every once in a while, it's okay to write a show for one person.
2: <laughs> Vince McMahon did it for 40 yeah, years. Yeah, he did it for a long time. Um, and yeah, shout out to SRS for defending the But cow- I haven't played the Cowbunger collection yet. And the only reason I haven't is because I'm not going to pay full price for it. Mm-hmm. A, I already own all the games that are in the collection and can play them really easily. I could just boot my NES up and play that, or I can load up the Hyperstone Heist and play that on my Mega Drive. Um, but I will get it when it's cheaper, because... Uh, you know, I mean, no one will play with me in the office, but I'll, I'll get it when it's cheaper. I'll get it for, like, the, the gallery and stuff. Antonio Ransom, kind of off topic, but when do you think AEW Creative will pull the trigger on the Four Pillars storyline? I got into AEW because of that storyline, but it now feels like it's been thrown aside, and I miss it a lot. I don't know.
1: I think uh, it's possible that uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara might wrestle again at, uh, at Full Gear. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, different pairings that we could do, and maybe those two can come back around after the match they had last week i don't know it's just a suggestion but otherwise uh i don't know i don't think mjf is uh
2: lined up that way yeah maybe until the end of his run so could be like yeah i like the idea of once he's got the belt and he does hold it like for all of next year as we do the countdown to the the bidding war of 2024 that the other pillars step up to be the people to try and take the belt off i think that works Keith Below said, I was there in person last night. Great show. Jericho did a promo while they were setting up for Rampage, where he said that he didn't tap out, Sir Daniel Bryan. Yes, he said the WWE name. He's such a good heel. What a sports entertainer. Uh, an addendum to my older chat, you said that the guy in the front row ruined the experience a little. He wasn't even supposed to be in the front row. When we got there, I had two front row seats. I had two... Uh, sorry, when we got there, I had t- row two seats. For that section, they apparently started with row five and went back to one.
1: Well, do do a better job than security, if that's the case.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quote the Raven 79, said, Is it me, or does every AEW show since Gunther or Seamus seem to have an over-the-top chop sequence? Oh, no, that's, that's like AEW writ large. Yeah, I like, think w- that's just you. <laughs> I think that's just you. That is like way, way, way... That's as indie wrestling for the last decade. Yeah, that's everybody. Where did Walter learn that match? That th- that's every match since the the
1: upswing in popularity of strong style. From yeah. like fifteen
2: years ago. I was gonna say I every indie show I went to was just it was that in like every other match yeah. was that exchange. Uh, anyway, they continue. Also, wasn't Sully supposed to come to WrestleTalk? Are you guys trying to break Veer's record? Fan, if you go to the behind-the-scenes podcast over at patreon.com forward slash talk we talk about that in last month's episode. Mm-hmm. About how things just got in the way, basically. If, you, if you're wondering why Sullivan isn't doing the WrestleTalk news, Andy Datsun is the answer. You blame Andy Datsun for it. Because he got over. He got over, and he pulled Sullivan's rug from underneath his feet, and now Sullivan... We need to think of a new way to get Sullivan on the channel. Way to go, Andy! So if if, if you want, if you're like clamoring for Sullivan, Bo Brown to be doing the rest of talk news, it's Andy datson's fault.
1: <laughs> He's also not feeling well. I'm He's sure he'll get better soon, that. Andy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jimmy Piriano said hey guys what if MJF wins and holds the company hostage he then loses the championship right before his contract is up and loses his mind and demands that Khan renews the contract so we can win it back thanks for bringing me all this joy totally can see it like, I know it. I see he wins and then he holds it all next year and it becomes this ticking clock this this bomb that's about to explode Oh, will MJF lose the belt before he leaves the company?
1: And then the answer is no. And then the main event of WrestleMania 2024 is WWE champion Cody Rhodes versus AEW champion MJF.
2: Tony Khan, Triple H, big
1: brain booking right there. Open the forbidden door, guys. Make it happen.
2: Raya DR. Problem. Last week, Wardlow gave a fiery promo about him not losing a step. Gave me hope and then... Nothing. Too many belts, too much talent, not enough shows. Different note. Say they claim win the tag titles. Who's next? The guns? Yes. yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, Wardlow loses anything by not being on this show. It's like, it's, there's not enough TV time for everyone good I actually like that everyone's not on the show every week. It's, like, it reminds me of NXT. Yeah, on, like, like the, the good days. Absolutely. I, I think it's different, because I know I said I wanted Tony Storm on TV and, and in matches, but that is different because you are trying to establish the interim championship right. as a thing and, and get people, get that over. So, like, Wardlow doesn't need to be squashing people on TV every week. What Wardlow does need is a storyline. He
1: does, and personally i would like to see wardlow in more frequent high quality matches which i think you can do and i was kind of hoping for more out of his match with tony niece than just a squash you know i just i don't know i think the tnt title needs to be a workhorse title it needs to be again and it hasn't really been since wardlow won it and i don't think that's a knock on wardlow it's just you know he hasn't been given the matches
2: that's it uh right but it's booking as, as opposed to the talent itself Right, dr here comes my bias Jay lethal is too good to only lose important matches why aren't private party on dynamite is brian cage getting paid not to be on the show where is miro miro is fantastic you guys are also fantastic stay awesome jam that jam Miro's a great point uh brian cage is on ring of honor
1: yeah that show that exists yeah, Maybe maybe soon tempest maybe soon you know if 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 ring of honor just had a show I think that does alleviate a lot of the problems that exist right now with
2: AEW. 100P. And lastly for now, Omar Jose says, boy, did I love that Danielson-Jericho match, but I feel like Danielson has a doctorate in making people fear for his well-being <laughs> at this point. Anyway, love you, lads. Have a good one. We well, you have a good one, Omar, because you're also very right. Um, we uh, hugely lost the, uh, no, the Thursday Afternoon no. Wars by a
1: uh, thousand views. But well, you know how how they can all make it up to us? Go and watch the NRB
2: stream right now. No, I, I thought you were gonna say the most important thing is we won the 18 to 49 demographic. That, all, that too.
1: <laughs> that's, We've that's, got better
2: fans.
1: Not more. The over Quality 60s are watching. <laughs> they're board games. Gonna play Scrabble. <laughs> they're not gonna play Scrabble.
2: They're not gonna play Scrabble, no. But yeah, they're spamming the link in the chat right now. Go over and support No Rolls Bard and watch their awesome 10-hour stream on it. Currently is Laurie Blake Holly. I can see Adam Sullivan Brooke and Tom as well what oh, a lineup Tom, what a lineup that is so get on over there producer Rich is doing a wonderful job live mixing that as we speak so please go and support no Rules but give them a subscribe if you haven't already and get us to 150,000 subs that would be much appreciated also while you're clicking links beer52.com forward slash talk is an excellent beer providing service you can get 8 free craft beers delivered directly to your front door using our link below WrestleTalk sorry beer52.com forward slash talk. All you've got to is pay for that postage and packaging you'll get eight delicious craft beers and a magazine and a snack delivered straight to your front door it's an offer you can't turn down if you're in the uk of course that is all we've got time for on this edition of the wrestle talk podcast we are back tomorrow tempest and i because of course it is doing the Blackpool content club talking about the PWI 500s take care everyone jam that jam